Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Alfred Rotimi from Joyhound Brewing Company. Thanks for making the trip out to Alfred, out to Frederick, <laughs> Alfred. It's um, I think this is actually the first episode in a long time I've recorded in this building. We used to always have everyone come out here, and then lately it's either been virtual or mm-hmm. uh, I drove out to the brewery. So it's kind of nice to be on my home turf. So yeah. thank you for coming out. Yeah. So how um how did you get into craft beer? Um, so I got, I, um, I guess in like everyone in college, I drank, oh yeah, like everyone in college, I started drinking beer. <laughs> so like I, I got into the good ones because you know, that's what people had and I like the taste. Um, my friend and, uh, one of my friends from high school who I still hung out at the time, he started doing home brewing and my background is in science biology. So it really appealed to me and I picked it up and it basically escalated from there it really you know it just appeals to a lot of my passions i'm a very technical person i like to do a lot of biology research and stuff i'm the kind of nerdy guy who like look at wikipedia and stuff and like (laughs) i actually check out the sources (laughs) like and like i like i'm into culinary stuff too so just be able to express like that artistic form and like my sense of taste is also another reason why i really grew to love brewing and craft beer and just like who doesn't like a cold one (laughs) so so you're one of those people where the hobby got out of control and you needed to turn it into a business yeah it just (laughs) took over my life (laughs) (laughs) uh so uh, so you you went to school for biology then um so i got a degree in psychology with a focus on like the um anatomy and physiology okay um and then i did um uh post baccalaureate program at Tufts in Boston for a couple of years and I know I got really um I really didn't like the lab rat lifestyle (laughs) very quickly learned it didn't appeal to me and I wanted to do something else with my life so I I don't know I just got the idea in my head that I wanted to be my own boss and like I wanted to try entrepreneurship and I had a passion for brewing so that was the natural development from there so was it I mean I guess around six years then from when you started home brewing to when you decided to or was it what was um, the time frame i guess uh, shorter than that okay. so uh, i started brewing in like 2013 um and i started joyhound i want to say it was in legally it started in 2017 um uh, so it didn't or, take long. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> take too long. But our, my first uh, batch was in 2019 of October. It was draft only. Great timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you probably couldn't have planned that worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when um, so you you had mentioned um, like you you like uh, culinary stuff too. So it seems like like your background and your interests give you that nice combination of the technical side and the creative side of brewing that like you really like i feel at least makes a better brewer yeah definitely um i think that my training as a biologist and just as a scientist in general um really helped me with things like understanding concepts for like uh, sanitation, yeast growth, all those things, um, how to like scale up recipes, how to really understand, uh, really understanding like some of the more advanced concepts for healthy fermentation and, um, really like flavor preservation. It's just, it's just a confluence of a lot of things. In addition to that, um, it's just, I just had like a natural passion for it because, you know, everything you know when you start off anything new it's incredibly difficult but with brewing whenever i like hit like a a a speed bump or anything in that learning it's just it was things that i was already interested in so it made it that much easier for me to keep pushing and even when i didn't always get like results that i wanted i was always interested in the process and i was always willing to keep pushing forward and so i think that is a really big influence on why i was able to do what i've done and why i think that 
I've been able to produce recipes of the quality that I think that I have. On a scale from one to 10, one being completely undrinkable, 10 being amazing, what was your first home brew? My first home brew was, uh, uh, it was a, I think it was a brewer's best kit. I think it was the English pale ale that's like mostly pale malt, some little crystal malt, and then fuggle hops. It was drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was it was it was yeasty, uh, uh, you know, and cloudy like a lot of beginners' home brews are. I mean, I liked it. I was happy with it. Um, <laughs> so you made a hazy English pale ale. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a new tr- uh, new style trend that you you, you kicked off. <sighs> Maybe. I mean, there's like people doing like the London murky style. I think so. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I was just a trendsetter. I didn't know about it. <laughs> That's um, it, 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 I always I enjoy that question because it always ranges from like completely undrinkable. Um, and last week it was with Pariah, mm-hmm. and he said that uh, the first his first two were really good. It was his third one that was horrible. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the score. Uh, I would give it at least a six. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a it, that's it, a quality. I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I really did. Maybe I was <laughs> biased, but I really <laughs> liked it. Did did you believe other people when they tried it and said it was good? I don't, sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> I do. I always have this like crazy fear in the back of my head that people are like just being nice when they're ta- when they're tasting my beer and they're like they don't actually like it. But at this point, I feel like I can't think that way anymore because yeah. people are paying money for it. So. Well, people genuinely don't generally don't lie to me, and I've been told that your beer is pretty good by a lot of people. Or oh, thank you, too, pretty good to very good by thank a lot you. of people. So yeah. I don't think they have any reason to lie to me. So I and and I did try. I had I can't remember which ones I had. When you were doing a tasting at District East, and they were good. Yeah, they were, I'm not gonna lie to your face. <laughs> so I, I, that was a long way to say. I don't think you have to worry that people are lying to you. Yeah, thank you. So currently, the um, you are contract brewing. Yep. And then, so it's all distribution. Yep. Where Where do you contract brew out of? Uh, we're working with uh, Oliver Brewing Company. Okay. Do you so? Baltimore. Do you go and I don't know how they operate their contract business. Do you do the brewing? Like, do you go in and brew or are they brewing your recipes? So they, they brew my recipes okay. for me. So I do all the recipe testing on my home brewing equipment still. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see me on the back of my parents' porch out there with the <laughs> propane tank and the boiler. <laughs> but yeah, they, it's my recipes and they brew it to my spec for me. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I didn't realize that um, there are places that operate where they just, and maybe I don't think there's anywhere in Maryland that does it, mm-hmm. but you more or less like they might have someone there kind of supervising, mm-hmm. but the people contracting go and actually do all the brewing and yeah. all the actual works. So mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if Oliver was doing that, but it, I don't know. It seems like such a liability and like the brewers there responsible wouldn't want someone else messing with all their equipment. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised when I learned that there were places that operate that way. I mean, that's, it's kind of a strange thing to me also, because like, I guess from my perspective, I like, I understand that, you know, with what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be the founder of a company and establish it one day. And like, I have no illusions that eventually I'm going to be the person who's in the brew house every day. (laughs) So for me, it wasn't, it really, this business model, like the, just having them brew to my spec really makes a lot of sense. And I think that for, you know, for a lot of people, if anyone else was interested in, you know, doing it this way, that it makes sense to do it that way also. You yeah. Know, Cause I, if, yeah, if you're, if you don't ever plan on being the head brewer or yep. brewer at all, like yep. this is kind of the perfect way for yep. like you, you've already given up that. Uh, Cause I know some people that was hard for them to give up the like they they'll do the recipes but they didn't really like having someone else brew them so this kind of just get you into that mindset right away Nah, i believe like you know if you're trying to create something that's good in the future you're gonna you know bring capable people on board yeah (laughs) like uh, you you got you gotta get you gotta have people that you trust you know business 
is all about trust and i i believe there's capable brewers out there you know alpine people you know if i'm able to you know build this thing up and yeah you know, it's just it, it it's i don't know it, i think it's weird the things that some people are afraid to get hands off of but because like you can't do everything yourself like you're never yeah. gonna be able to do like if you can't trust people to do things for you i don't think you're gonna get very far <laughs> being being a boss you know so what is your your uh pilot system uh right now is that like your typical five gallon uh um, homebrew setup Yes, yeah, so right now it's a it's a it's like a I use a ten gallon pot. I do brew in a bag. I've always done brew in a bag. It's uh it's really if you're anyone who's getting into home brewing, I recommend that's the method that they use. If it if it seems like something that makes sense to you, just it's it's really e- it's a really easy option for all grain. Um, I don't know why, but the home brewing community there always seem to be some prejudices against that brewing method. I I just really don't understand it. <laughs> like you could go and get like a three tier setup with some bins and some coolers and put your grain in that. Like okay, like I'd rather just leave this plastic this nylon bag and some hot water <laughs> for, for, for an hour and then pull it out. <laughs> it's way easier. Yeah, I mean definitely way easier cleanup. That's yeah. for sure. Um, so you, um, when, when did you say your first, when, when Joyhound was first available? Um, it was October of 2019 and it was Penser Belgian Pale Ale. Um, that was our first beer. And where, where was the first, where was your first tap line? Uh, the first one who bought it was, uh, uh, Fachi in, uh, like a Turf Valley. I think the first people who put it on tap were it was a Urbana like in Urbana the club surf house like there's oh, okay yeah and then also there I was, love surf house yeah their tacos are amazing yeah my daughter takes riding lessons near there so that we often go there for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Then that's the the I think I do they still get your beer occasionally because um, no. I feel I'm no I'm they have. Anymore. I've definitely seen. I'm trying to remember where I've seen your tap handles. So uh, in, in Frederick, I've been at uh, the Firestone Walker Tavern. I've also been at JoJo's restaurant. Before. It's probably JoJo's that I saw it. Yep. So that's I think it's the only yep. bar I've been at in the last the, the recent yep. time. <laughs> um. So now you're. Actually, let's take a real quick sponsor break, and I want to hear the story of where the name came from. Okay. So we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So where did the name Joyhound come from? So Joyhound, it really is uh, just means seeking fun, just like hound in this case is like like chasing something. And, okay. Um, I I just thought like, you know, I want a name that is unique and is not going to be like near anything else whatsoever. So it's going to be easy to find, especially for distinction on search engines and stuff yeah. like that but more importantly like it has a dog in the logo like the joyhound logo is a border collie 
people ask me all the time what kind of dog is it it's uh it's supposed to be like based on a border collie and people love dogs so yeah how can you go wrong with a dog logo i i do i like your reasoning way better than it's just like i was hoping you weren't saying like i really like dogs and (laughs) but i like the i i like i like your reasoning way more like that it's the seeking out joy yeah um i don't know how I've never noticed that the dog's nose is a glass of beer. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like a tulip glass. <laughs> is is that an actual dog that was the model for the logo, or <laughs> nah, did it, you do you just like border collies? Uh, at the time, we didn't have a dog. We have a dog now. Um, I do really like border collies. I think they're pretty cute. Um, but I I really uh, I really liked like a black and white theme, and I mm-hmm. thought it'd be good for the logo and then just thought of like a black and white dog which would be a good contrast and the border collie was a natural fit so um i really <laughs> really just found a picture of some border collies i liked on the internet and sent them to uh, <laughs> the artist the uh, sarah marks um and then she did a she did a great job <laughs> with those um so currently uh joyhound is just you yep. right uh, so you do everything, yep. which must be exhausting. Uh, so do you, do you, you're doing like all this going around selling the, do you do the deliveries yep. and everything? Yep. So you're probably a busy man. I am a very busy <laughs> person. So, so definitely, I've, well, one, that's great yep. that you are. Cause that means yep. people are buying your beer. Yep. Uh, but also thank you, especially then for, taking the trek out here to talk to me um how uh how many brands do you offer right now uh so right now i offer three beers uh it's uh foggy chesapeake which is our my double our fruited hazy double ipa it's got tangerine lime and lemon indian coriander it's hot with uh puree and zest from those fruits um and it's Sorry, it's it's got puree and zest from tangerine lime and lemon. It's got Indian coriander. It's hot with mandarin of Bavaria and the whirlpool and the dry hop. It's just a very nice citrusy hop from Germany. It's eight percent. Also, there's a uh, foggy harbor, which is my double dry hopped hazy pale ale. It's got the Baltimore Inner Harbor on the logo. It got the USS Constellation. It's a uh, it's a hop with columbus in the whirlpool then it's dry hopped with el dorado and it's dry hopped with idaho seven six percent and we've got oba ipa it's a west coast ipa classic bitter dry piney hoppy so got you know columbus citra el dorado simcoe centennial it's seven percent um yeah classic west coast ipa I um i get the idea that you like ipas mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so is your um I'm sensing another theme too, that any beer you have that's hazy is going to be foggy something, or is that just the, for the first two? Uh, just for the first two, I think I'm going to keep it just, you know, those two hazies for now, but I definitely like the, I like the, we came with the foggy Chesapeake name and then I wanted to stay on that foggy theme. I, um, I hate geese though. Oh, I love them. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> Have you ever worked or lived s- close to some place where geese congregate? Yeah, I mean their their droppings m- are gross. Yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> we are we are about two weeks away from this property just being covered in in geese droppings because there's a huge uh, pond right off to the to the right of the building. So that, like. We're we're very close to being infested with geese. I feel like half of my jobs, and then I lived by a lake for a while, so it's just always like geese droppings everywhere. It's the Canadian ones, there, right? Yeah, the ones on my right. label, they're 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 snow geese. They're nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they're do, not as filthy. Yeah, they just they <laughs> turn French fries into protein for other animals to eat. <laughs> They're they're beautiful creature. People don't like them because they like they eat trash. But like, it's better than that tr- food trash being in a landfill. In my in my opinion, it, go, it goes back into the nature. Cycle. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't know much about <laughs> snow geese. I only Canadian uh, geese that are no, it's Canada geese. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, Canadian geese is wrong. It's Canada geese. Why is it Canada geese? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I hate them. 
Yeah. And they, they're filthy. And they're aggressive. <laughs> yes. I, they, I just saw a video, I think it was last week, of, a, of a, one chasing someone and attacking it very aggressively. Um, what was... Okay, so I guess that original Belgian beer, yep. you you no longer make that one. Yeah, unfortunately, it just there wasn't enough demand for it. Yeah, I I wouldn't buy it. I don't like Belgian beer. So <laughs> <laughs> unless, although in, in the range of it, like it was it super clovey and or was it uh, more of it is not super clovey. It's definitely one of the it's definitely one of the cleanest beers that still has distinct distinctly belgian yeast okay profile. it's possible then i could like it. i yeah. just hate uh the ones where there's a real because I, I can't say in clove yep. so if there's a strong flavor of clove in yep. it i don't like it at all so you don't like have a bison either no not, <laughs> yeah. not much at all <laughs> They also tend to make me very congested, so there's uh, another reason yeah. I like Hefeweizens. But I mean, yeah. there's just there's so many good IPAs and other beers out yeah, there. So. so many types of beer you like. There's no reason to drink a one you don't. <laughs> what? Uh, so which of uh, which of these three was uh, the first one that you made? Uh, Oba IPA. It was the second beer that uh, I put out. Is that so? Is that the first one then that you packaged in a can? Um, what's that? What's the first? No, Penser was the first one. Okay. So we did, uh, we did, um, two can runs of Penser. The first one, which was our first canned beer ever. That one was, that one sold pretty quickly, but after that interest really died down and didn't do a third batch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, of those three, what would you consider like your flagship that... Uh, Foggy Chesapeake, it's the right. best seller. That's yeah. the one people rave about the most. Yeah, I, heard, I, I mean, I've heard people like hazy IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> so it checks out. I um, I believe it was Oba that I really liked because I, mean, I love an old school West yeah. Coast IPA. Yeah, Oba's my personal favorite. I love, the, I love bitter and dry and hoppy beer. What is the um, artwork for that from? So the artwork on Oba, it's based on uh, the bronze of Oba Sige, who was one of the rulers of Benin City back in like the 16th century. So Benin City is it's um, the city in southern Nigeria. It's the it's like the it used to be the administrative capital of the Edo tribe, which is the tribe that my father is a part of. Um, from, it's in Edo State. Um, it used to be its own kingdom, um, like a lot of places, but it was absorbed with a bunch of other places into Nigeria by the British. Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of a lot of ancestors of mine, different places, fought the British. They were in a lot of places. <laughs> but yeah, they did have their reputation. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the the city is known for its bronze artwork. Uh, the Benin bronzes, you know, they were looted and <laughs> sold to museums, <laughs> lots of places. So it's a feel good story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's like a really well known art style now. But yeah. it'd be kind of cool if they gave them back because you know the Oba Benin, you know, that royal bloodline still exists. Like we know who that shit belongs to. So yeah. like you could literally just give it back. But they're not going no, there's, to. So. There's probably, there's almost, I'm going to guess that there's zero chance that they're going to see those again. Yeah. Do they at least have any of them? I or mean, they've all, were they all kind of looted from all them? of them, okay. like, but literally thousands of them. Like the, the throne room, the palace was like, like they were one of the main ways of like record keeping and like decoration. So like originally they were just like gleaming, like, bronze they're mostly brass like most of but they called them bronzes and like there's there's a lot of stuff that, <laughs> that happened but and then they oiled them they used to shine and they made them not shine that hurts me too but <laughs> there's some of them left but they used to be like the like one of the ways for like the oba the king to just display his magnificent wealth just like if you entered the throne room you're just supposed to be like overwhelmed like a social like shock and awe tactic uh -huh. and so like there there's not like a few of these things there's thousands of okay. them so some of them are still there but a lot of them are out there and who knows how many <laughs> of them are still in existence um who were they made of 
Like who were the, the typical subjects of the, or were they just like a, uh, not based on actual people? So there was a variety. Uh, usually they were um, based on someone who was like either associated with the the Oba's court or like a high ranking official or sometimes depicting uh, like soldiers or something like that. Usually ones who were part of the Oba's personal militia. Um, they have a very unique art style where generally like the most important figure will be like noticeably bigger than the lesser important figures, like completely distorted. Um, just like kind of like to show social rank and stuff like that. But usually it's things like that. Things related to the court, um, tax collectors are also pretty common. (laughs) (laughs) The people who funded the statues. (laughs) But yeah, um, and just like the king and other stuff like that. So you said your dad was uh, a member of that tribe. Yep. Did, did he? Is, so is he like first generation to move here? Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Um, I'm a second generation American on my father's side. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. But he was not an Oba. No, unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> I I wish we had Oba money. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So that's that's a way cooler story than I um, that I assumed it was. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so do you plan on like uh, using that theme more throughout your beers, or is that like the one beer to pay homage to I've, that ancestry? I've definitely thought about it, and I want to do it. I just haven't found the next one yet. Because like that one, it it was so good. <laughs> yeah. It just it was so organic, just because like my family history and the culture and like the artwork I've grown up. I want the next one to be as good as that if I do it again. So yeah, you that- can't come up with just some <laughs> weak association. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking about it, but no promises. Yeah. How was your was your dad like super honored by that or uh, what, what was, was his was, thoughts? He thought it was really cool, you know, because I, he just like like the idea of you know our culture and our artwork getting out yeah. there, and I I you know I like one of I I think it's a shame that like so much African art and so much African culture is just unknown. Like one of the ways that like people know about other people's cultures and art is because like honestly it's been commercialized a little bit like why do people know what like a european knight looks like are they going and like looking up historical arms and armor or are they seeing <laughs> that like on a t-shirt or a I can went to or something times. like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but, <laughs> like like that's how it gets out so yeah. it's like yeah let me do that let, like you know let me put my nudge there let me <laughs> i mean it's true though unless you're someone who is super into art yeah. or like you live in that world and you're seeking out those types of things there i mean throughout your uh, like throughout my day-to-day life i'm not going to come across Mm -hmm. uh african art yeah so you're right that is a great way to expose people and expand people's knowledge of it thank you so maybe you should just do like a like a Maybe pick another style and to just make that like that be uh, an art series. Like the yep. labels just be examples of art from your your from the tribe. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> cool <too. laughs> um, let's take uh, another real quick sponsor break, yep. and then let's talk about maybe like the future of joy hound what you have planned um and just those sorts of things yep we'll be right back i buy my beer at district east in downtown frederick maryland they have an amazing selection of local and hard to find beers and i love the option of making my own mix and match custom six pack district east is on northeast street in frederick in the same shopping center as showroom restaurant and rockwell brewery most weeks they have over 950 beers in stock Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery. 
or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So do you have um, other beers that you already have planned that will be coming out and going into distribution soon? Or is there anything, any secrets you want to talk about? Or is that all nothing you want to divulge divulge yet? Um, I don't have anything planned in the pipeline yet. Uh, I'm still working on a, a sour, like a fruited sour recipe. But no, no plans on the the release date for that yet. Um, what was it? what else did you ask? Just uh, if like there were any new beers. No, nah, that that's had. it for now. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, recently I've been, I've actually been cutting skews because I had five beers total. Um, you know, I had to, <laughs> to really manage the inventory <laughs> really hard with that. So yeah. I, I really needed to simplify. Yeah, I mean, without yeah. having like a physical location, yep. the warehouse or things that that does have to be quite a juggling act. Because I don't know what Oliver's minimums are, but a lot of times, like the minimum brew size with contract brewing is pretty large. Yeah, it's significant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to manage as one guy too. I've gotten a lot stronger. My back used to be inflamed every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's, it's a good um, fitness program, also. <laughs> yeah. It, so, is the plan at some point to open a um, an act like a brewery with a physical location, or like, is that something that it's in the planning, or is that just a down the road type of thing? So that's a down the road type of thing, but ultimate goal is yeah as i established the brand is to have my own brewery have my own tap room yeah those are really goals i want i want to have my own you know production facility i want to be able to have people in a tap room come serve them beer directly like when people like my beer when they're happy drinking my beer that's the best thing in the world yeah and that's (laughs) that's 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 the dream for me so I feel like I feel like I'm really pushing towards like my life dream here, you know. <laughs> is that is that just a function of getting the capital to be able to do that, or like getting to the point where you're positive that it's a brand that you can turn into? It, it's it's both of those things for sure. So obviously, capital is a huge one, yeah. and <laughs> um, but also like obviously through this learning experience you know uh through this learning experience we all learn every day in business but it (laughs) i i need uh i need to you know really learn more about you know how beer is sold i didn't know anything when when i started (laughs) in hindsight it's kind of crazy but um i've learned a lot i've learned quickly and uh, i was really just you know establishing the brand at this point but like you said capital (laughs) Any any rich people out there, you want to give me some money, you know, send me an email. So actually, later this week, I'm recording an episode that could potentially be beneficial to you. It's um, the guy who runs the Vermont's uh, Brewing uh, Beer. Oh, I wish I could remember the actual title of it. But it basically, they, they have a brewing um, course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also do um, like the business aspects of it. So yep. a school based on the business side of brewing. So yeah. Maybe, yeah. That maybe definitely sounds interesting. Greg I, might have some <laughs> insight that would help you. Yeah. It's oh, um, just called business of craft beer. The University yeah. of Vermont's business of craft beer program. But it's a, it's a lot of those things like, um, 
uh, writing a business plan, the sales, the management, all those things around the process of opening and managing a brewery. Yeah. Which I feel like even places that do have um, amazing beer that does trip them up sometimes because it the that like well like you just said like if you would have just opened a brewery yeah that there, there's so many things you don't know you don't know yeah <laughs> yeah so what were the aspects of selling beer that you found more difficult than what you thought um a lot of the times getting product to move off the shelf is way harder than getting someone to buy it which is <laughs> in hindsight um i guess it's something i could have thought about and maybe known but it's it's a it's it's a real challenge to build an account and to build a, a customer base um you really have to do your due diligence and really invest if you want to build deep roots and get out there and meet people talk to them do events in the area and all those things um and just there's a, selling beer selling beer on draft is hard it's really hard i can imagine because there, there's and like only so many tap lines yeah. there's a lot of people fighting for those tap lines yeah and this i i don't know i i i really didn't have any appreciation for i guess what goes what goes on what vendors want like I didn't understand how many people I would have to explain to, like, what my styles of beer were. And, like, like not just, like, my beer in particularly, but, like, what certain styles were. Because, like, my first beer, Pinsir, was a Belgian pale ale. And so many people I would talk to, like, uh, they like beer bars would be like, well, is it, like, Blue Moon? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, it's, like, Le Chouf, you know, something like that. And, like, people had no idea. And that just blew my mind. And I was just like, oh, well, if the people who are buying the beer don't know about this style, what are the chances that consumers are aware and interested in this style? So I've gotten a lot of reality checks very, very quickly. (laughs) But you still love it and it's what you want to do? Yeah. Man, that's good. Um what uh is there an area of the state that that you've narrowed down where you would want to open or is that just once you're closer to that idea is when you would decide where you want to be i mean i I really don't know yet still (laughs) um i don't know maybe i don't know i have no idea at this point i'm just i'm just working i'm building the brand we'll see (laughs) is there um (laughs) Are there any any areas areas uh, and I assume you're just available in Maryland, right? Also DC. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, cause it's like the Wild West there. They can buy and sell, like, yep. serve and sell whatever they want there. Um, is it is there any area of Maryland where you you've already built up a larger uh, customer base where you're more available than others, or is are you um, just all over the, getting to everywhere? Like, the Baltimore-Washington metro, like, that whole, like, like all the roads that connect between them, that's where you'll find most of my stuff. Like, okay. Baltimore area, like, Silver Spring. Um, I'm also some places in uh, Anne Arundel County, like, uh, Rips, it's like, Bowie, which is, like, our most southern account. But mostly, like, that D.C., Baltimore area is where you're going to find most of my products. So, right now is... Your your main way is that doing tastings and uh, at stores and and so I guess uh, where's the best place for people to follow you to find out where they can try out your. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Joyhound. It's Joyhound Beer Company. Um, it's the whole thing spelled out because <laughs> I'm weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I I posting uh, stuff about you know which of which events i'm going to which tastings i'm doing um beyond that you can also follow me on facebook uh anything uh, it's joyhound beer company on facebook also um anything that i post on instagram also gets posted on facebook um just 
Also, um, I'm going to be at, I'm pretty much at all the major festivals, like uh, upcoming, going to be at the Maryland Craft Beer Festival in, in Frederick next month. I'm always at the, you know, the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival in November and some festivals in between. So the, um, I, I'm getting out there doing tastings, trying to get the name out. Uh, there's a tasting coming out this weekend at uh, Total Wine in uh, Laurel, Maryland. So anyone who's in that area can come to that one. Um, when have you been to any – you've been at other festivals that have taken place, right? Were you at the Baltimore one last year? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Um, what was the first festival that you attended? Uh, it was the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival. This just pa- this um, past one? No, the one in 2019. Okay. Yep, on November 2019. That's a great – I mean, it's not nearly as good as the Frederick one. Yep. But that is a great festival. <laughs> yeah, Canton Waterfront's pretty nice when it's not, like, terribly windy. <laughs> that That is the downside to that location, that if it is not – perfect weather you're probably freezing because the wind just whips off that water yep what is um i I forgot to ask this earlier what was your gateway craft beer what was the first craft beer that you really fell in love with that you were like this is the type of beer i need to drink Hmm. it really it really was a progression from like crafty, crafty beers they call like Yingling and Blue Moon that kind of stuff into into like more advanced stuff. I think like probably like Fuller's like um, Fuller's London Pride. Like I used to drink a lot of the English Pale Ales. Um, that one's just that one's <laughs> that's just a great beer. It just has so much layered uh, flavor and like from the East Kent Golding hops. And just, like, the beautiful marriage of, like, the malt and that subtle British yeast. That was, like, one of the, the first pale houses. Like, wow, this is, this, this, this is really good. Um, what, so yeah. you said IPAs are your favorite, right? Yep. What are – so is the next style you're going to do a sour or that just something you're toying around with and it could be – end up being something else? Do you, are you into brewing lagers at all or – um, it's almost certainly the next one's going to be a sour. I love brewing lagers. I brew lagers for home brew all the time. Um, I don't know if anytime soon I'll be releasing any lagers, but I would love to, uh, it's just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's best going yeah. forward, but what, what people will yeah, buy. I, I, I love lagers. I brew them for myself all the time. <laughs> So when you said a fruit sour, I assume yeah. it's more of like your traditional, like a sour ale with fruit added to it, not like a smoothie sour or yep. Yep. the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you even like those at all? Or do you consider those an abomination? Like a lot of people do. So here's the thing. People, people <laughs> should drink whatever beer that they like and other people should just be chill. And, <laughs> I can respect any product that's well made, but that style's not for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not one of those people who's going to say it's not real beer because that's like, that's a can of worms that I think is crazy yeah. to get really get into. You're not going to sour shame people. Yeah. <laughs> but if someone wants, if someone wants, you know, a thick smoothie with pulp in it as a beer, who am I to be? Oh, you can't drink that. You know, I like, I like a crispy, I like a crispy cold one with some hops in it. <laughs> like makes the IPA fills in there. Everyone should be able to like what they like, you know? We're all, uh, a lot of my listeners are in Frederick. Um, but where all in Frederick are you available? Uh, District East. Okay, just there. Yeah, which just I, mean, right now. I mean, if you're listening here, that is the only place. District East is where they're, they're a sponsor. <laughs> if you didn't know, <laughs> um, Ken is great yep. and will definitely point you in the right direction. Um, what are there? Where do you look for influence um, for your beer? Um, I, I or inspiration. Yeah, I guess, so is a better term than influence. 
I always try to understand, you know, what is like why new styles are becoming popular and like what exactly that is about that that appeals to people. And I try to, you know, incorporate those new flavors into beers that I brew for myself and our test batches that I brew. And really, I just do a lot of trial and error experimentation off of that point. And I, I always try to, I guess, that, like my philosophy for like how I make it my own beer is that I always want it to, I guess, be brewed harmoniously. Like some people like will use the term balance, but I like harmony better because to me it describes like things which are working in unison, not necessarily like different flavor aspects being like equally prominent. And so like, I think that like Oba IPA is an IPA that has harmony because you can drink it and it tastes like a West Coast IPA and you can just keep drinking it. I want all of my beers to be like that. So that's how I think that I really make it my own style. But like I, I'm pretty I'm pretty I open. like that description. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had anyone say that. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's I my like brewing that. philosophy. <laughs> right, so people should definitely follow Joyhound Beer Company, all spelled out, although I'm pretty sure if you just type Joy, at least if yep. you're someone who follows a bunch of uh, beer Instagram accounts, if you just type Joyhound, it's the first thing that pops up. At least yep. it did for me. Um, but I have uh, some random questions, if you have time to answer, that aren't necessarily beer-related that we close off episodes with. Yep. Just to, do you wash apples before eating them? Oh, I don't eat apples raw ever. Because I'm allergic to those. <laughs> so, you, were, yes. you, were the, you are the only person I've ever met that's allergic to apples. Or at least has said, uh, told me they were. I'm sure I've met people. That's yeah. a, it's kind of a, so only if they're raw? Yeah. I was, so if they're cooked, they're fine? Yeah. Okay. It's oral allergy syndrome. So like, it's like a lot of pollen on plants. It's like, I'm allergic to it. And if you cook it, it just denurtures the protein or denatures it. So it's fine. There's a lot of like fruits and vegetables. I just can't eat raw, but if they're That's cooked, a, it's fine. That kind of sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a lot of things that are good raw. Yeah. And it's easier. <laughs> I mean, at least you can still have apple pie though. Yeah. Best fast food, French fries, defend your answer. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to have to go with checkers because those are the ones that I devour the quickest. (laughs) (laughs) They have seasoned fries, right? I I will allow that answer. That's a good one. Uh, What would the title of your biography be? How many words can I get? I and mean, it could be as long as you want. They can, and if it's a big book, it could be like a hundred words on the title. <laughs> Biography. I don't know. <laughs> modern modern brewer. Modern brewing entrepreneur. <laughs> it's like I, I like to view myself as someone who, you know, pushes into the future. Like brewing entrepreneur is something that I'm doing, so so one of those weird titles. <laughs> Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Um, what's the scenario? Like, do they know they're fighting? Are they on a pirate ship? Is this in a Japanese, like, 16th century castle? Does it matter? Look, Alfred, I'm asking the questions. <laughs> You're just answering them. Ninja pirate. <laughs> Do you want the correct I'm answer? I'm going to go with pirate. Okay, you got the right answer. Pi- Everyone says ninja, and they're wrong. It's a pirate. Uh, is yeah. Batman a ninja? Um, I would say no. People have surprisingly strong feelings about that. I don't care either way. Well, What's the scariest movie you've ever watched? Scariest movie I've ever watched. I'm trying to think of... I think the last movie I watched was Get Out. I don't watch that many horror movies. <laughs> um, I didn't see Get Out, but that was that like a one pretty was terrifying. That, I mean, that that's a good answer then. Flats or drumsticks? Mm, flats, definitely. For sure. That's the right answer. Uh, what's scarier, aliens or clowns? I would have to go with clowns because, like, 2016, they were murdering people. So, (laughs) 
Oh, I forgot about that. Everyone did. Yeah. It just went away. Well, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened since then yeah. to replace it. Uh, name a famous person you would love to meet. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, just to indulge your nerdy side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you watching on TV right now? Ooh, I'm terrible. I don't watch TV shows. Well, no, I mean, most people say that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, I watch a lot of video content. But like YouTube channels? Yeah. What you, what's your favorite YouTube channel? Oh, I'm a history nerd. I watch things like, you know, Kings and Generals. Um, I also watch a lot of cooking stuff, a lot of fishing, outdoors, um, a lot of firearms channels. I like recreational shooting. Were you at Love Thy Beer? Oh, I was not. Oh, okay. So have you ever met Hoppy Black Lady? I, her... I have, yes. Have you, did, was Tim with her, her I husband? I don't think so. Oh, you need to talk to him. Okay. He, and especially he um, is like a pirate expert, mm-hmm. and he te- he te- he's a history professor at Mount St. Mary's. Oh, cool. Um, I, I always make him tell me stuff about pirates. <laughs> and he's just an awesome guy, and he likes beer. So you should definitely meet him, and you can – talk history and yeah. how a pirate would beat a ninja <laughs> when you play monopoly what piece do you choose usually the car if no one grabs it what is the worst concert you've ever attended worst concert i went to some like fetty wop concert when i lived in boston and then he didn't even show up because he like broke his arm on a motorcycle or something i <laughs> I was at the Hard Knock Life tour with Jay-Z, Red Man, Method Man, and DMX, and DMX didn't show up. Oh, <laughs> he, he, like, allegedly had an asthma attack or something. Oh, yeah. He did, like, they, they did a makeup date, like, a week later, so I still got to see him, but it was apparently, like, I don't I don't remember knowing at the time, but apparently he did that a lot because I I mentioned that to someone recently that I was I went to that tour and mm. like did DMX actually show up? <laughs> yeah. So apparently he didn't show up to a lot of concerts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that would make it a pretty bad one if you didn't even <laughs> show up for the. Did they do a make update or was it just nah, canceled? And... It was just the other. There were other people. Uh, okay. The other one showed, but he didn't. <laughs> Is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date? Hmm. I, this, is, this is a new thought to me. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. If, if, if you do, don't let them know. <laughs> if you hide it, yes. <laughs> All right, Alfred. Thank you so much for your time. Um... I look forward to trying your beers. I know the one, I think it was Oba and actually, I think that may have been the only one I tried. Cause I, I, I didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for fire forward to trying the foggy duo. Um, and then seeing what else you come up with. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, everyone go follow him on, Instagram, so you can find out where his tastings are and where his beer is available. Is that also the best place to keep track of where people can find your beer? Or do, do you have uh, a beer on, find on yeah, your website? Yeah, there's a beer finder okay. on joyhoundbeercompany.com. I try to keep it updated pretty regularly. You can there go it there. is. Find our beer. Yep. Oh, there's even a map. Yep. Making it nice and easy. Um, and uh, so thank you for coming out to Frederick. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Yep. Thanks for having me. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.